Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Freddie Snakeskin from K-Rock, Rock of the 80s. And you're listening to Holly and Dave on the What Difference Does It Make podcast. Well, hello there. Hey, Dave. What's going on, Holly? How are you? I'm good. Doing well. Good. Good. So. So what? So here we are again. <laughs> so what? This is the big episode. This is a big episode. This is a huge episode. And I, I, I'm trying to, to conjure up even more excitement by changing it up by sitting not to your left, but across from you. Do you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? I have not watched this season yet of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, okay. There's a whole thing what? about side sitting. Oh really? Yes. Okay. Oh, it's serious business. Yeah. Like that's. Are you yeah. a side sitter? No, like I assume it, you mean like with your if partner. You're at, if you're at a two top table, would you sit across, or what would that connotate if you sat directly to my left at a table? Why would I do that? What would what would that what would you think though? That I didn't want to look at you. Oh, okay. No, it's what it's kind of like oh a little intimacy there. Oh, I saw you were side sitting. What's going on? What's between you two? That's so interesting. Okay, no, I um I'm gonna watch the episode. But I I think it's intimate when you're sitting across and you can actually look into somebody's eyes. Don't you think that's more intimate? It is. What about, have you ever, you're at a booth and you sit on the same side? Never. I, I know, right? That's horrible. Yeah. But I've seen people do that, like oh, you're yeah. on a date or, or something. or Like you know, young couples who just need to be touching each other all the time? Oh, yeah, it's usually, uh, yeah, young, yeah, youngins. I think I've seen old people doing it too. But no, I need to see, I need to see whoever it is I'm with. It's just... Weird. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And when we used to go out uh, with my dad, me and my mom and dad, and probably my brother, though I don't have any recollection, <laughs> I just remember him always wanting to sit across from my mom and I both. So I would have to side sit with my mom so my dad could see us both. How about that? <laughs> All right. I don't know. Every, uh, to each his own. I'm not going to sit shame anybody. <laughs> You're not gonna sit. Seat shame. You just you just made up a term. Sit, <laughs> sit shame. I'm not going to sit shame you for sitting next to Janice as opposed to across from her. Good luck with that. Sit shame. Sit shame. All right, let's move on from there. Where what are we doing today? We're at number ten. <laughs> let's do it like Paul Stanley. We're, We're at number ten. <laughs> We're at number ten on the 1983 K Rock. Rock of the 80s countdown. All right. This is the uh, the episode. We're finally uh, reached. We're going to reach number one. We've been counting down for the past 11 weeks, right? Yes. 11 weeks. That's uh, that's almost three months of uh, nonstop 1983. 1983. 
<laughs> wow. So we're going to move on. We're, we're going to move on after this to, uh, well, the plan is we'll do, we have, uh, some interviews lined up. Yes. We'll be playing that. And then before we get into 1984, we'll, we've got a lot of yeah. special episodes, uh, in store. So stay tuned. It's a whole lot of fun. Uh, as we have been doing, if this is your first episode, Holly, please explain what we are doing. <laughs> so K Rock compiled a list from every year of the 80s and maybe further of their 106.7 Songs of the year. 106.7 because that was their frequency. They do this so every year. They they do do this every year. So 106.7 songs. So we have been counting those down in 10 song chunks. More recently, they have pared down their 106.7 list to top 80. So it's been fun for us, for me, to guess which songs have fallen off the list. And uh, some actually were added to the, the 80s. Enough were removed from the 106.7 so that a few new fun ones were added that were not on the original list. So there you go. Is that, a, is that a concise explanation? Sure. <laughs> um, and I can tell you we can end our game uh, this week because yeah, all we- these songs are in the same place. Oh. 10 is 10, 9 is 9, 8 is 8. Up is okay. up, down is down. It's uh, all this. These are, these are stone cold classics. Yeah. Okay. So this is just my own personal because this is our. This is our very own show, our very own podcast. I have feelings about this. I, I, I know that these songs, I'm not 100% certain, these songs that made it to the very top of the chart, it was a mishmat. There's no science to it as like the billboard. Science? Science. 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 Which should have been the top 10. We have a lot of songs that were in higher up that we thought could have been the top 10. Yeah, and some of these are not. If you've been listening, you know how much I love 1983. Mm-hmm. And these songs, one more fun than the next, but the top 10 were not necessarily my favorite songs from 1983. They're not supposed to be your favorites. They're all of Los Angeles's favorites. This is my favorite. I know. Well, you, did you vote in the election? (laughs) Yes. And I think my candidate should win. (laughs) Sometimes your candidate does not win. But she didn't. Oh, she, okay. Well, I won't, I wonder who it was. (laughs) So, okay. Yeah. So this was, uh, you were confessing a little bit as to uh, what your, who you were voting for. Um, and confessing that these are not all necessarily my favorite songs. However, this song, I confess that I confess, is among my favorite songs. As it should be. From 1983, yeah. That's number 10. This is the English beat. (laughs) Number 10. Yeah. Number 10. We need, uh, I should get those uh, those singers. Number 10. Or what difference does it make? Yeah, I know. We should get the what difference does it make singers, which is clearly not us. Dudes, come over here. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, it is English Beat, I Confess, and you love this song. I do. Do you? Yes, I do love this song. Lyrically and instrumentally, it's, uh, I mean, it's got a trumpet solo for, <laughs> for, for God's But sake. does it have marimba? No, but, it, uh, but it's got a nice piano yeah, in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's great. There's just there's a lot going on in this song. Yeah, a lot of a lot of confessing, and the confessing, which it's I, an argument. It's like two people like going back and forth, or you know, this guy <laughs> is. Uh, it's not going well. Yeah, well, I, yes. Okay, I read. I was reading an interview with Dave Wakeling because I couldn't quite figure out. That's what I thought this song was about. The the back and forth, but he said in order to make this song appear more con- confessional. And more personal, I would mess with which person it was written, whether it was me or he or she. So I can, he says that I confess was only partly autobiographical. Some of the stories were his own. Some of the stories that were stories he heard 
from people on a train, you know, by eavesdropping. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so it, like all good songwriters or authors, they take part of the personal and yeah. some conversation they've heard uh, while they're out in the world. Yeah. They kind of melded into their own little uh, personal story. But I think when we when when we hear a song like I Confess, we think it's got oh, it's got to be autobiographical, right? I don't know. Yeah, well, a little <laughs> bit. There's always a little bit of truth in in every story. Yeah. But yeah, some great lines. I mean, I I always like the my favorite has always been I I know I'm shouting. I like to shout. <laughs> yes. Like, you're getting loud. Shh, calm down. I know, I know, but I like, you know, that's fine. You know, you get to that point. Like that, I think that kind of... Yeah, we all feel that. Right. We all do feel that, yeah. All right, it's cards on the table time. (laughs) Just show me. Cards. It's cards on the the table. Yeah. Cards on the table time. Yeah. So, yeah, he's ruined three lives. I don't know what... I mean, it's like, I guess it was, uh, you know, probably an affair between two people Mm -hmm. and someone else got involved and, you know, he got involved and like, all right, well, I guess... My, my life is uh, is not as good as it as I thought it was going to be by dating this person or you know interfering in this this relationship. Yeah, but it wasn't about one uh, one affair. He said, "I I witnessed, I I noticed my in my own life and in the young friends' love affairs that were going on. I noticed a lot of things that started to go wrong with them. Which is this is different, I guess. Before, not I guess, I know before this song, most of their material was more political." And this was more... A little more personal. Uh, yeah. And it worked because uh, was was this their... No, this wasn't their save biggest it, hit. Save it for later. Save it for later <laughs> was bigger. <laughs> Forget about it. Save it for later, I think, was bigger. Okay. I think this only went to 54 in the in the UK. Okay. It did not chart here, but save it for later. Just in my mind, this is this is probably one of my favorite. Oh, my favorite f- English beat. Well, no. No, I'm sorry. Mirror in the Bathroom is always going to be my favorite. Yeah. Ah. Oh, Mirror in the Bathroom. <laughs> oh, they were you know, great. I love sure. them. Sure. So, yeah. And you know, you know, Rankin Roger passed away yeah. last year. Um, he, but but the English, yeah. Yeah, God, he was only 56. And, oh, my you God. Know, brain tumors, lung, lung cancer. Not a good way. Only 56. Horrible. Okay, that's a tragedy. Yeah. I remember seeing, do you remember what their swag looked like, like their shirts and their, their logo? It had their logo and yeah. then the Scosta, you know, the sure. black and white. Very cool. It, I remember in high school, before I really heard them, mm-hmm. so I graduated from high school in 1983, I had a boyfriend in high school who was the one who who turned me on to them. And I remember he used to wear English Beat t-shirt. Yeah. And that's always what I see when I think of them. That's Yeah. I know a few, I always was jealous mm-hmm. of, there were some people, they always, it was the Cut sleeveless the sleeves. tees. Yep. Yeah. Sleeveless tea. Yeah. English beat. Yeah. Oh my God. It looks so good. And I was never able to carry that off. Yeah. But. <laughs> oh, you just got to wear it with confidence. I know. But I, you know, don't really have that at that. Uh, yeah. No, school, I know. At that age. No one was going to shirt shame you. <sighs> I don't know. There <laughs> might have been some shirt shaming. But the English beat, they go on. And we will be talking about in, in further episodes, but the English beat morphed into general public. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll be talking more. So, uh, okay, number 10, English Beat, I Confess. We move on to number nine, this band, Duran Duran. Hey, I like the way you say that. That's you the way need, Richard you, Blade you, used to always say it. Yeah. Duran Duran. He was Duran. this jockey on KROQ. So this is Duran, Duran Duran, Union of the Snake from Seven and the Ragged Tiger. Yes. <laughs> do you like the song? I do. I mean, yeah. I liked, uh, I mean, there were these first three, three albums were just phenomenal. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Duran Duran song? 
probably Rio or Hungry Like the Wolf or something, something like that. I think probably mm. Rio. Just hearing Rio, just uh, every time, hmm. just, it just sounds so great. What? What's your favorite? What? <laughs> where do you That's go? That's a good one. Oh, where do I go? Yeah, I don't think you could ever guess which which one. Wild Boys. No. You're not going to see white lines. That, no. that horrible. No, cover. no, but I do like that. I think uh, that's a fun. It's a horrible mistake of yours. That's. Uh, I don't. I don't <laughs> know. So. No, I like the chauffeur. This was not on Seven in the Ragged Tiger. No, it was on. I think it was on Rio. Okay. Yeah, it was on Rio. This was their first and only number one album on the UK album charts, and it was the last studio album for the band's most famous lineup until 2004's Astronaut. Mm-hmm. So this. This was the tie. This was peak form of uh, of the band. Oh yeah, I know that one. Okay. <laughs> okay. In one note. Yeah. You name that tune. Okay. I don't know what it is. I just it's like it goes something like silver or high ho silver or what, what was. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> I can't remember. I mean, I just hearing that, I remember. That. As the tr- as the sun drips down, bedding heavy behind the front of your dress, all shadowy lined, and the dr- droning engine throbs in line with your beating heart. That's it. Okay, that's not the song we're talking about, though. No, so, I, sorry, let's get back distra- to Union of the Snake. <laughs> sorry. That's I, all right. I went off on my um, favorite. Do you know, you know, Roger Taylor, the drummer, he based his drum beat for this song on uh, on Bowie's Let's Dance. Did you really? Know that? No, I did not know that. Yeah. Hmm. Let's dance. Dark, 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 dark. The this Union is- of the Snake. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I think it's kind of the, the same. Yeah, I, the beat and drum track were based on Bowie's "Let's Dance" song. It's funny because he says that the lyrics were inspired uh, by Jim Morrison. When, when uh, oh, really, yeah, okay. he said he, he Simon Lebon said there are times when I get into books and things, and some of that comes up on the record, or I'll get into a certain artist. An obvious an obvious example of that is Union of the Snake and Hungry Like the Wolf, and they're very much related to Jim Morrison and his lyrical ideas. Okay, so you got a combination of Jim Morrison and. David Bowie. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Hey, so when they got back together in 2002, well, John Taylor called it the reunion of the snake. Oh, clever. <laughs> so do you know who the seven are? No. Who are they? Well, Simon says it's an adventure story about a little commando team. The seven is for us, the five ben- band members and the two managers. And the <laughs> ragged tiger is success. Seven people running after success. It's ambition. That's what it's about. Huh. That's very interesting. Where, uh, where did you read that? I read it on the internet. On the, inter- on the interwebs? Yes. Okay. This was uh, Princess Diana's favorite band. Really? Oh, yeah. That's I good mean, to know. That, if you, if you, you know be, nothing else about them, that's what we should know. How You, you can't be surprised by that. No. <laughs> I mean, no. But I bet not five, Prince Charles. Five pretty guys. The Record Mirror did not like this album, by the way. <laughs> they called it, you don't read reviews like this anymore. What? They um, they called it pathetic, useless, no good, pretentious, pompous, and possibly the first chapter in their decline. <laughs> Holy sh, that's a right? scathing. Yeah. And mean. I think that's really mean. Well, that was, you could do that back then. You would do, people do that now on Twitter. That's why well, I that's wouldn't. Tr- well, but yeah, but not legitimate press. No. I don't know. Yeah, no one yeah. like, like Rolling Stone would never. Or anyone who does just all out, this is crap. Why don't even bother listening yeah. to this? Oh, it's painful. It's painful when you read when you read a review like that and like a movie review too. I just think oh, it's just got to be so hurtful for the filmmaker, for the artist. Did you see cats? 
No. <laughs> it deserved it. But somebody so. <laughs> put their heart and soul into it. You know, I would prefer to say it's not for me. It wasn't my, you know, it's not my cup of tea. I understand. Something like Cats was a major disappointment. I think maybe yeah. for this guy, maybe for Record Mirror, he was a fan of, of Rio and he listened to this going, no, oh, I don't think so. Or maybe he was like, oh, these five pretty guys who make great music, I'm going to, this album is not. He's just jealous. He just went maybe over he's the jealous. top. I'm sure upon further reflection, he might uh, say something differently. And I'm sure it was a guy. Yeah. And, and <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Hopefully they didn't take it too personally. I think Duran Duran are going to survive. Longer than whoever wrote this review. Yeah, I'd like to know who that is. The, well, look up the record, record mirror. mirror. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to number eight. We have Peter Schilling. We have another parenthetical song. Coming home, in parentheses. Okay. So, and another German song, by the way. Yes. A lot of it, German. We got, we got your Falco. We got your Nana. <laughs> did I say that right? I think you did. All right. And now we have Peter Schilling. Yeah. Who all had German hits. And they translated it to English, and voila. Okay, wait. You called it <laughs> As coming. You say, a friend, how do you say there it is in German? <laughs> I don't know. But the song, you didn't say it. So coming home is in the parentheses, but it's Major Tom. For those that might not know. Yeah. Although I read too, it is uh, coming home. Because I saw in one source, I said I saw in parentheses, I'm coming home. It's just coming home, right? I think so. That's yeah. what I put. I think so. No, well, I, I think, think whatever so too. I, whatever I wrote is correct. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. It was recorded in German mm-hmm. and then um, reached number one in West Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. And then, I don't know, someone came up with a good idea like, hey, this is kind of a catchy song. I don't even know if he spoke. Maybe he did speak English. But then he recorded it and lo and behold, it reached uh, number one in Canada, four in South Africa. And peaked at number 14 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 Singles Chart. It's pretty good. That's damn good. Yeah. And it reached number two on the dance charts, as we've talked about oh, in the past. Yeah. How important the dance charts were. Are you going to add this to your dance, uh, no, dance only, playlist? It only reached number two. doesn't qualify. Really? You can't put any charting <laughs> songs on your dance? It's your chart. You can do it. I mean, it's your playlist. You can do whatever you want. That is true. But, you know, yeah. it will. it is on our Spotify playlist, which you find on the WDDIM podcast.com <laughs> yeah. website by the way that is as, as long as we're in the middle of that uh you know you want to review all 106.7 songs they will now be up and you could listen to all 106.7 songs on the website i recommend you do yeah it's a fun exercise to to go down that whole list which and not talk about each song in depth have which an we 80, have done have, a, <laughs> have an 80s party and play our playlist have an 83 party <laughs> an 83 party exactly yeah get your leg warmers on and your indeed members only jackets i don't know of another time where germany had such an impact on the u.s charts or germany kicked some ass yeah i mean you know you always hear about the uk or yeah. you know there were bands from australia there were even canadians that took over <laughs> but yeah, i've heard about that yeah but uh but not too many uh, Germans yeah. currently. Hmm. I don't know. Do you I know think of we a need major? To be checked. Yeah, I'm sure we will be checked. And yeah, you know, let us know what's uh, name a couple of big German artists or that had a, a hit originally in German and then it came to the U.S. or any actually any language for that matter that was suddenly translated into English and became a hit. I offhand I can't think of anything. No, I can't either. All right, but I am. Um... I'm sure there's a podcast where they talk about that. <laughs> I'm going to put my thinking cap on and I'm going to search 
<laughs> search uh, Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Or Spotify. <laughs> this song, great song. Like it? Yes, of it's course. Kind of a, it's kind of a uh, homage to uh, Space Oddity. It, is that funny? I wondered at the time when this was released, I wondered like what the relationship was. What, you know, was it just another take on it? You know, on him. I think so. This called it a follow-up. What I read, it called it a sequel to Space Oddity. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, nothing yeah, wrong with it no, at all. I like, I like that. You take, uh, you know, like Star Wars. You get the, you take something uh, something successful, and then you build on that. And yeah. Yeah. Lo and, lo and behold, you have a franchise. <laughs> so, lo and behold. Anyway, this worked for Peter Schilling, and um, it is. It was number eight back in 1983. Yeah. Oh, no, it's a good one. I, I became a little pensive about it in the relationship to David Bowie's Major Tom. Oh, you shouldn't at all. You should just enjoy the song for what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good jam. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to out myself on something. I seem to be outing myself every week, like I did with Neil Diamond, how I, I didn't know Neil Diamond wrote Red Red Wine. Okay. And as it turns out, I had one of our listeners email me to say that he didn't know it either, so I felt a little validated. Wow. Um, so <laughs> very good. Well, okay, you are validated. So, Ashes to Ashes, right? Is a a sequel to Space Oddity? Did you? Yeah, I mean, he's Ashes to Ashes. Was so it? Ma- I don't even find the funky. I don't even know what we know. Major Tom's a junkie. Yeah. Okay. So, in I, it, I didn't it, think of. I mean, he used that character's name, but they say he released this as a sequel to to Space Oddity. Ashes to Ashes, where Major Tom reestablishes communication with Earth. I don't pay attention to lyrics, <laughs> right? Which is stupid, but you know, I'm stupid. about a good. It's about a good beat, and if you can dance to it. Um, so I didn't realize that, and I know that he mentions Major Tom and Ashes to Ashes, but I never thought of it as related to Space Oddity. Sure, you can revive characters. Yeah. Why not? Well, he did. Uh, Do you have any more carbs for me? Why is it always food related? <laughs> Because it's too early in the I, day to ask you for alcohol. All right, fine. <laughs> you get some carbs, I'll uh, go to the potty. Right. <laughs> Time to take a break. Time? Yes, let's take a break. <laughs> Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Let's step back into 1983. You ready, Major Tom? <laughs> I'm ready. Let's dance. All right. Let's move on to number seven. We got uh, Mad World by Tears for Fears. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, suddenly, I, I mean, all I remember, it's it been a while since I heard the Tears for Fears song because I still had Gary Jules in my head because I that's uh, been played yeah. forever now because um, he kills it on that uh, on what, that song. What do you mean it's been playing forever? I mean, Gary, Gary Jules cover has been, I think that was you know, became a big hit in 2003. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And so that, so and, you're not, and, but you're, I remember, but yeah, but I forgot how good the tears for fears version <sighs> is. And, and it is still extremely relevant and or it's still a great, great tune. Yeah. For, I think that this is my favorite song in the top 10. <laughs> okay. But this might be one of my favorite, might be my favorite tears for fears song. Possibly. Did you happen to watch the video? At all? Did no. you re- review the video? Oh, okay. Kurt is kind of trapped in his own mad world. He's mm-hmm. pressed against the window and singing sad. You know, oh, yeah. I do remember the this. Yeah. There is, there's Roland doing this weird, like doing the mad world dance. This never became a thing. I know. It didn't. Why not? I am shocked because now when I was watching it, going, oh, my God, this came out now. This would be a phenomenon. I could see kids doing it on TikTok or whatever. Oh, post that. Post that video. Post the video of the Mad World dance. Yeah. It's hilarious. This is funny. So Roland Orzabal wrote this when he was 19. He wrote it on acoustic guitar. He says he wrote it after hearing Duran Duran's Girls on Film. And he said, I thought, I want to have a crack at something like that. And he ended up with Mad World. I don't see a connection between the two songs, but it worked. good that Girls it, on Film uh, inspired him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, a, that's a great song. I do remember, I mean, because it was my, I think I've mentioned, we'll mention Bowie again. <laughs> that yeah. was my first concert. But I remember, you know, they were playing different songs in between bands and that that song came on and. Now that I think about it, maybe the guy was doing the dance, the dance because I oh. remember some guy dancing to that song. Like, oh my god, it looks so cool! Did <laughs> you try it yourself? No, I'm going to video you secretly, video you doing it, and I'm going to post it. I know I'll have to. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to attempt it. Maybe, maybe we will post it. Us trying to do the mad yeah. little dance. <laughs> and anyway, I mentioned the Gary uh, Jules cover from uh, Donnie Darko, and even though this not Christmas time, this was this was a Christmas number one song. Are you into the the mm. UK? I mean, you're kind of oh uh, yeah. Like it's, it's a big deal to be a Christmas to, song. to have that Christmas number one song. It's, you know, you saw Love Actually. Of course, you know how important it is. We've talked about this, and it is funny. No, I can't relate to it, but I do know it, it's important. Weird, right? It is weird. In uh, last year, the number one song, 
Shout out to all the UK people who are screaming what, at uh, what this song was. What song? It's some horrible song called uh, I Love Sausage Rolls by Lad Baby. And it's to the tune of I Love Rock and Roll. So it's a parody. It is. It is. And obviously, this the money went to charity. So it was, so it was all okay. good. So it was good. I guess it's some, um, one of those lifestyle bloggers put it together. Okay. And it's just goofy. But it's, <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, so I, yeah, I went down the, uh, the Christmas, uh, <laughs> number one ah. rabbit hole. And I, I had to watch this I Love Sausage Rolls video. And you know, it's did you not, get a laugh? I got a little bit of a laugh, but it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> I can't believe that song actually made it to number one. Yeah, those, cheeky, those cheeky Brits. This guy, uh, yeah. His name is Mark Hoyle, who goes by Lad Baby. So what, any, any other Tears for Fears stuff? Wait, just going back to the, the Donnie ahead. Darko reference. Yeah. Do you know that, that Richard Kelly, who directed the film, he originally wanted to end it with uh, U2's MLK? Oh, really? Yeah, he couldn't afford the rights to it, though. It's a problem. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. For yeah. all movies, yeah. If you ever make a movie, don't get attached to your songs. Yeah, or a TV show. Yeah, no, I, I love Tears for Fears in case that wasn't clear. Good intro into uh, the band Tears for Fears. We will be playing them more Yay! as, as our podcast uh, series continues. Yeah, so, so, so stay with us, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so number six, David Bowie's Let's Dance. One in the UK, one in the US. It's a good song. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Produced by Nile Rogers, you can't go wrong. Yeah, I know. You know, you cannot go wrong. It's amazing. Like listening to um, uh, on YouTube, you could hear demos of uh, of Let's Dance and just how um, like how it came together, how how it all fell together. Because I think originally it was more of a folky song. I think Bowie thought, like, okay, I think I got something here. <laughs> and then he gave it to Nile Rogers, like, oh, yeah, yeah. And so they, he funked it. He gave it, you know, like the chic, yeah. the chic sheen. It's interesting how that uh, it all kind of comes together. This reintroduced Bowie to a new audience, including myself. Yeah. It took me a while to pivot, for myself to pivot to this. But we discussed on the last, uh, on last week's episode who played guitar for David Bowie on this well, album. Yeah, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty that cool. was introduced me to Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah, I had no idea who yeah. he was. Yeah, no, this was this was a. Uh, it did take me a little while, but I got there with this. Yeah, of course, like a lot of things. <laughs> yes, he said. He said he tried to produce uh, something that was warmer and more humanistic than anything I've done for a long time. Less emphasis on the nihilistic kind of statement. Yeah, <laughs> although I will say that it ruined Bowie's. Subsequent albums, there were. I think he he tried to emulate the success of uh, Let's Dance, and didn't didn't have as much success. I think Bowie has even said like those the next two albums that followed uh, Let's Dance were not his his favorites. Hmm. But you know, I didn't. But, but he came back. Yeah. Well, and always you can always yeah, and you can always go back to something of Bowie. You know, he's a per, he's a perennial. Yes, exactly. <laughs> There's always yes, you can always discover new and wonderful things about Bowie. Have you heard the Smashing Pumpkins cover of the song? No, thank you. No, same. <laughs> Agree. Okay. <laughs> so let's move on. Yes. Um, number five, Culture Club, Church of the Poison Mind. And this is <laughs> Color by Numbers. How much more can we say about Culture Club that hasn't been said? Well, K-Rock can't say enough, or they can't <laughs> say enough. Uh, they've been 
Originally, they had five songs of uh, of theirs on the charts, and now they yeah. they trimmed it down to two. So, out of the five songs from Culture Club, the only two that remained are "Do You Really Want to Hurt Me" and "This Church of the Poison Mind." And for some reason, "Church of the Poison Mind" is in the top ten. "Do You Really Want to Hurt Me" was number eighteen. I don't that I think that could have been switched. I would have been, yeah. I would have been happy with that. Yeah, you're probably well. I happen to like again. This is just my opinion, not the... Not well, the you have the microphone, <laughs> you the, can talk. Not the, the, the official standpoint of the What Difference Does It Make podcast. I like Church of the Poison Mind better. Okay, you could like it. It uh, yeah. reached number two in the UK. Yeah. It's kept out of the top spot by what song? Kept out of the top spot by what song? I don't remember. Come on, it's been a whole week. It's been... We talked about it two seconds ago. It's Let's Dance. Kept it out of the top <laughs> spot. <laughs> yes. Um so this was uh, the band's fourth top 10 hit in the U.S. and Canada. In America, it was still climbing the charts when Karma Chameleon was released as a yeah. single. And so, I mean, it just, the, the hits just kept coming and coming. <laughs> it's crazy. The hits just keep on coming. Okay, so let me ask you this. Yes. So in an interview with Rolling Stone in 1984, Bob Dylan was asked if he belonged to any church. He joked that he adhered to the Church of the Poison Mind. Sounds like a Dylan joke. Was that a reference to? Of course. Hmm. <laughs> um, I figured how could it not be by the way shout out to Helen Terry who really brings this song home yeah. she's the one um, doing the the church vocals <laughs> <laughs> we love church vocals yeah it's really good Yeah, the B side of this song for Church of the Poison Mind is yeah. a song called Man Shake <laughs> <laughs> did you listen to it? I did and it's horrible yeah. but it <laughs> But, but I, I gave it a listen. It's, okay, it's good. hilarious. Man, it it kind of it kind of has a beat of. Uh, it reminded me initially of uh, Billy Squires, The Stroke, which oh. I think you probably want. Man, shake the stroke. You know, it's all the same it's a theme. Yeah, there seems to be a theme there. Number yeah. four. So we'll end on uh, yeah with the man shake and the stroke. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Number four. Big country in a big country. Yeah. Yay. This is a great song. This is a great, fun, just like, almost like anthem. It was. It was an anthem. So this is the first time I had mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that this was a band I really thought was going to be huge. I saw them at the Palladium back in 83. I don't think I've ever had this happen before at a concert. Big Country played in a big country early in their set. And then they encored with it, and they played it all over again. Oh, I think I've seen that before. Not with them, but I've seen that with a band before. The band will play too. And you're never sure. Wait, didn't they already play this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, sure, why not? Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, it's your debut album. There's not, You have 40 minutes. <laughs> of, yeah. You have a 40-minute album, and then uh, you got to fill up an hour's worth of time. So, you know, why not play that song twice? <laughs> well... I'm sure the audience appreciated it because they were. Yeah, at the time. Yeah. They were going to be huge. Yeah. Do you know these song, these other, the songs that became hits in the UK from Big Country? Chance, Wonderland, and Look Away? Do Wonderland, you know these songs? I remember. Yeah. I didn't remember these songs. There was that time. Yeah. In 83, 84, they were huge. The first two, they had, what was the, what was the name of the first of the album? The Crossing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I had that and then came. They had like an EP with Wonderland. It was like uh, okay. like four or five songs. And I got that. I remember having that. Yeah, yeah. Because so you know, you know, they were going to be huge. I was going to buy all their records. You're a super fan. They were so big. I mean, they were part of Band-Aid, you know. Yeah. They were in there. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I can't help but get just a little bit sad. 
at the end of uh, Stuart Adamson's life. Yes. But yes, the but music the, lives but on. But the music lives on. Yeah. Yes. And hey, did you know Steve Lillywhite produced this one, this track? That's probably why I love it, because yeah. he created some great music. Those anthem- anthemic. Anthemic themes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could still catch Big Country. They're still touring, so <laughs> different different artists. By the way, I think Mike Peters of The Alarm has sung with the band. He did. Yeah. He did sing with them, but he also chose uh, this song to sing himself for a documentary series, The Song That Changed My Life. So it wasn't his documentary. This episode must have been about him. He was inspired by the song. And uh, also, you know, because Mike Peters had leukemia. Right. So he said he was inspired by this song during his fight. With In leukemia. a big country? hmm Oh, wow. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, let's move on to number three. <laughs> Police, every breath you take. Mm-hmm. Okay. From Stop. Synchronicity. Creepy song, right? It is a creepy song. Stalking. Hell yeah, it's a creepy song. It's Yeah. There's a lot of creepy songs, but this is probably top five creepy songs. Yeah. It, does it freak you out that people play it at their weddings? There's a lot of those. <laughs> I know. Where the I know uh, like R.E.M., The One I Love is another one yeah. where people think that that's a We a talked love about song. this. Yeah. yeah. Just, uh, yeah, people don't listen to the lyrics. Or, yeah, just go to the chorus and, you know, yeah. it sounds romantic. And you sing it that way. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I guess I, I don't always pay close attention to lyrics, but I knew this was a stalker song. Yeah. There were some songs I remembered as creepy. Somebody's what Watching else? Me. Uh, yes. Rockwell. Um, <laughs> there's James Blunt's You're Beautiful, where he sees a woman. Yeah, but that's... And, I right. don't find that to be as stocky. No. He, I like he that He doesn't song. talk to her. Uh, he's watching her like, I'm never... <laughs> I'm never going to get you. I'm never, never going to have you. Yeah. yeah. What else? Even uh, <laughs> I Want You to Want Me, you know, the cheap trick. That's stocky. Yeah. I Want You to Want Me. I Need You to Need Me. I love, I'd love. i love you to love me. I'm begging you to beg me. Didn't I see you crying? I guess it could be. I never thought of that song that way. Keep on loving you. I don't want to sleep. I just want to keep on loving you. <laughs> okay. You're making me, I can't. Here's another one that I, I didn't think I looked at the lyrics and it was kind of creepy. The uh, the Bee Gees Nights on Broadway. Here we are in the night full of strangers. I better not sing. Here we <laughs> Here are. Here we are in the night in the room full of strangers, standing in the dark where your eyes couldn't see me. Well, I had to follow you, though you did not want me to. Well, that won't stop my loving you. I can't stay away. Get it on. on oh, God. Of- <laughs> okay. Yeah. So anyway. So yeah, there was, there's been other creepy songs. But yeah, that was when I was reading Nights on Broadway. Like, oh, yeah, that's a good creepy song. Very good. Good representation of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is like a huge smash. This is the police's biggest hit ever. What? Right? Uh, I would say so. Yeah. And I'm I think gonna, the chart says so, too. Probably. I'm going to look at my billboard charts. I'm going to look at the, uh-huh. I'm looking up the police. So I didn't remember this. Robert Downey Jr. recorded a duet of this song with Sting for an album for, from the show Allie McBeal. Because uh-huh. he was on Allie, McBe- Allie McBeal at the time. Right. The album was called For Once in My Life. And that was shortly before Robert Downey Jr. was arrested and sent back to rehab. Nice. Yeah. And we never heard him. from him again. Yeah. Yeah, really. Terrible guy. Whatever. I love that guy. <laughs> I know it's it is. Um, My love for him is kind of creepy. <laughs> apparently, the uh, 
the place's three biggest hits are every every breath you take, <laughs> King of Pain, and every little thing you do is magic. So okay. yeah, so yeah, their biggest. It, it spent as I look on here eight weeks on the at the top of the charts. Wow, that's two months at the top. <laughs> that's a long time. That is a long time. People really like their creepy. Can't get enough creepy. Hey, you know that that Stuart Copeland also says 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 he didn't know the true meaning of the song either at first. It wasn't until it was after after it was released. Do you believe that? I believe that. Yeah, he's a, he's a drummer. <laughs> don't listen to the lyrics. Well, good. It makes me feel less dorky. Okay, uh, let's move on to uh, speaking of dorky. Let's go to Men Without Hats yeah. and the Safety Dance. Yes. How do you spell that? S S S S. That's only one S, really. But no, there's a lot of S's in. This song, yeah. I, I did you like the song? Yes. What's not to like about it? It's men without hats. You can dance if you want to. <laughs> this song reminds me of my father-in-law. Okay. Who passed six, almost seven years ago, sadly. But I don't know why he was a big. He liked you know some of the stuff from the eighties and disco. He also liked. But for some reason, I associate this song with him. So it happens, even though I don't love the song myself, it brings back happy memories because oh, that's of nice. my father-in-law. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, that's what music is. That's what music does. Yeah. They're Canadians. Yeah, they're Canadians. Men Without Hats. Do you know where that came from? I do not. It came because the brothers, following a self-described principle of style before comfort, refused to wear hats during Montreal's cold winters, <laughs> calling themselves the Men Without Hats. <laughs> well, that's very fitting then, right? Yeah. You know, if you go, their official website is not menwithouthats.com. It's safetydance.com. So, so are you more so likely to remember the name of the song or the name of the band? I don't know. But they're embracing their one-hit wonderness. Although they, they had another hit uh, in 87 that we might bring. <laughs> Pop Goes the World. Do you remember that song? Oh, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> huh. Huh. <laughs> so, so my um and then i i have to bring this up just because it's my daughter's one of my daughter's favorite shows maddie's favorite show um yes. back when she was in middle school was scrubs this is how she knows the song the safety dance married couple are talking the woman is pregnant and so um so the woman says it's carla and turk i don't know if you ever saw scrubs no all right well Carla says, Turk, we're going to have kids soon. We're supposed to be a team. That means you occasionally have to listen to me and believe in my opinion. But what if we have a daughter and she wants to get her ears pierced? Then Turk says, irrelevant. We're not going to have a daughter. And then Carla says, okay, what if we have a son and he wants to take dance class, even though all his friends are playing football? And then Turk says, he can dance if he wants to. He can leave his friends behind. <laughs> and then he starts saying, because his friends don't dance. And if they don't dance, then they're no friends of mine. That's very good. Yeah. So, that, and actually, the funny thing is, they cut back to uh, Carla's at a bar with her friend, and she says, or relaying what happened, what happened with her conversation. And she says, and then I said, what if our son wants to take dance classes instead of play football with his friends? And Turk ran off singing safety dance. And then her friend says, Carla, didn't you learn your lesson that time you told him Dirk Commissar was in town? <laughs> That's very good. Yeah. So yeah. it has good memories for you, too. It does. You associated with your daughter. Uh, for sure. 100%. It. All right. So let's go. Here we go. Finally, up to number one. And the number one song is Duran Duran's There's Something I Should Know. 
asking the musical question, is there something I should know? <laughs> please, please tell me. <laughs> please, please tell me now. They recorded this song after Rio came out, mm-hmm. but they didn't have an album. I think the the label was like you got to have an you got to have an album. You know, we have this debut album that didn't really sell well, and now all of a sudden Rio is selling like crazy. Why don't we re-release this album and and just attach the uh, this? Uh, is there something I should know on it? And it worked. I, I guess it did. It went platinum. Mm-hmm. This debut album that was a flop suddenly became a major hit. <laughs> so congratulations to the record label who came up with a good idea of selling. Something that initially <laughs> didn't work. Very uh, creative, I guess. Yeah. Oh, and actually, because of back in the day, vinyl records, you couldn't put, you had a limit as to how much music you could put on a vinyl mm-hmm. record. So they took off uh, the song To the Shore instead and, and and added, is there something I should know? And then it wasn't until the CD came out. That you got to hear the all the That songs. you got to hear all the songs. Yeah. That was always so awesome and got you, except that you had to buy two platforms <laughs> you oh, had to buy two in the 80s yeah, yeah i mean if you bought the original if you bought the vinyl and then you wanted the song that they well that's you know, the super secret that's when the uh that's when the record labels flourish because yeah. everyone's buying rebuying their their albums yeah it's like star wars like the special edition special special edition yeah. special 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 edition yeah but yeah. they didn't even need a special edition i mean in 83 that's the compact disc was just starting yeah. to take off so i think i got my first compact disc Player in it was probably eighty five. I think was my first one. Oh, I think ours was later. Yeah. Mine was later. People were still buying albums and cassettes, and then a couple of years later, we start rebuying everything again. And <laughs> labels went nuts, yep. and like where are the money? Yeah, yay! <laughs> can, wait, can I just make a connection, please? The guy who produced this song, Phil Thornally, he produced the Cure's pornography. Oh, very the good. The Cures album pornography, right, no. <laughs> not The Cures pornography. It always makes me happy to ha- when a band has a Cure connection. Okay. That's all. And that is all. And that, and that is all. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's good news. I mean, um, even though Andy Taylor's not in Duran Duran currently, they're they're still playing. They're That's st- sad. And, still, and they're still making music. Um, Nick Rhodes said the band's been working on a new album since the start of 2019 said there's one song so far that's a front runner to be the first single. It's just so different from anything I've heard from us before or actually anyone else. There's a dance element to it, the construction of it, the melodic content, the lyrics, some of the sounds. They're dear, they're very different for us. And he said um he said late spring 2020 for the album looks realistic. You're going to give New Duran Duran a shot? Yeah, we'll give it a shot, sure. Nothing that any band back in the day records will replace or, you know, like move into the top 10. But you just favorites. have to know if you, you go in with an it. open mind. Sure, and if you like the music, you like the music. You'll listen to it and go, okay, fine, great. I mean, I went to see Kiss. They played everything from the 70s and and a couple songs from from the 80s. They played a couple new songs like, oh, okay, this is fine. They have new songs? They have new songs meaning from like, I think one from this millennium is oh. what they play. Oh, okay. So now they're not releasing new music right. now. No, they're not. They're playing. not touring on a new album. <laughs> no, they're not pushing a new album or anything like that. But, you know, the music back in the day, that's that's the music that seems to live on. And I'm sure, you know, yeah, when I saw Paul McCartney, it was, although he was playing, you know, you kind of you tolerate the songs that, the, yeah. that they play. Um, sometimes they're good, actually. Sometimes they're good. Mm-hmm. But when you're going to dig into Paul McCartney's catalog, 
Do you pull up something from uh, 2019 or do you pull up something from 1970? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe I'm amazed. Right. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I understand it's, it's great. It keeps the bands relevant. You know, I don't know what I'm getting at really, but it's, it's, um, it's what what people want to, you know, it's those, these songs live. It's, it's cool to hear new music from, from bands that you love, but it'll never, in my mind, it won't way, rival it the old music. Correct. The one, you know, when mm-hmm. you first fell in love with the band. Right. Possibly someone who hears, you know, I, I actually with, with Springsteen, like there's a song waiting on a sunny day that he plays like every show now. And a lot of people that discovered Springsteen, like that was their entry. They, they love that song. Yeah. I don't care for it much, but it is, you know, you're of that era. It's whatever era when right. you were, like that's why we do this podcast. I think it's because <laughs> this is when we were. This is we were seventeen. This is our. This is well, this right is, here in the. This is bullseye territory right here. This is perfect when we were open to the new sounds and new excitement things. Well, in, unbiased in an. This is unarguably the the best era for music. <laughs> right. I I always say that, and that's why we create a podcast around that. And yeah. I think that's probably why people listen to this because they like to remember those songs. The eighties. All right, so let's. That, there we go. So we're tying the bow around 1983. Yeah, we're we're putting a lid on it. <laughs> I, I I don't know. What do you do? Yeah, we're tying a bow around it. Tie and, a bow around it. Make it nice and pretty. Checking it into the backyard. Okay. Nice. <laughs> uh, Bye, 1983. And, and as we do every episode, we quiz ourselves on different. Uh, well, one of us quizzes the other. Okay. This we week, test ourselves and hopefully. Um, I'll be able to answer some of these things. Yeah, because I am asking you. Okay, it's my turn. We switch off every week. Last week I asked Holly. She got, uh, I believe she got a B, a solid 8 out of 10. Yeah. And she got yeah, she uh, did. a couple episodes back. She got 10 out of 10. Thank it, you. Thank you for hyping me. I yeah. expect you, you know, we, we just expect this from you. No. Expect well, you to answer every question. So that's why we don't make a big deal of it. Well, let's see what we got. These also, I believe you're going to get 10 out of 10. Okay. I already only seeing a couple of them. Okay. Who released the song Nobody Told Me in 1984? Nobody told me there'd be days like these. Isn't John, that another, Julian, or George. Is that another parentheses song? By John Lennon, by the way. But uh, It doesn't, it's not in parentheses. Strange Days Indeed, wasn't that? Yeah. I don't think it's parenthetical. Okay. You're looking at an actual nope. book. There's no parentheses. Uh-huh. It's just nobody told me. Okay. Okay. Keep going. All right. Which song by Wham has a chorus that begins with the phrase, I'm never going to dance again. Guilty feet have got no rhythm. Would you like the, the multiple uh, choice? It's got a great sax solo in it. Yeah. Yes, it does. It's the, it's the careless whisper. Yes, it is. Oh. Oh. And <laughs> on, to, on to another Wham song. All right. In which year did the group Wham release their most successful studio album, Make It Big? Well, I'm thinking... We did not mention Wham at all in '83. Oh, we didn't. You're right. We mentioned but, so many but was, yeah. great artists. So Faith, I'm thinking '85. Was that Make It Big or was Make It Big '81? I'm like, it's an odd. Like, what do you the want cho- the choices? Go ahead. What are the choices? Uh-huh. I, I will not. Know. Kudos to you for for trying to do it without the choices. '82, '84, '86. I'm going to say '82 or '86. <laughs> 84. Oh, there we go. Okay. Okay, you're two for three. That's fine. Okay, so next, our, our, when we hit 84, we'll start talking about Wham. I couldn't be any happier. Keep going. Yeah. Okay, in which year did the group Queen release the song Radio Gaga? 
Oy, like 86, 87. So you want the choices? 82, 84, 86. Well, I said 86, but, um, but it might be 84. Is that your final answer? I will say 84. You are correct. All right. You are three for four. All right. I like these questions better. Which song by Tina Turner has a chorus that contains the phrase, who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? Oh, what's love got to do with it? Yes, but what song? (laughs) Yes, no, you're correct. I was just making a joke. Wait, wait, did I? Suddenly I was like, wait, isn't that the time? Yes. No, you're good. Okay, all right. Are you four for five? Uh, Yes. Yeah. In which year did Madonna release the song Material Girl? Oh, um, Material Girl was probably 83. We cut, wait, well, 81. She oh, she came out in, what was the debut was 83? Wait, 83. Oh. 82? 83. So, I'm sorry. Uh, Can material, I give you your wait, Material Girl was from Like a Virgin, right? So that was, that must have been 84. Very good. Okay, good. Very good. I'm just, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Here's another one. In which year did Madonna release the song Holiday? There you go. I think we just answered okay, that question. Okay. So there we go. So that was 83. Very good. Okay. Good. Who released the song Sexy Eyes in 1980? Sexy Eyes? Was that Dr. Hook? Yes, it was. Okay. Great. Dave, you are seven for eight. Uh, okay. Dr. Hook. Cover of the Rolling Stone. <laughs> Very good. Uh huh. All right, the Michael Jackson the Michael Jackson song "Bad" was part of which album? Well, that's self-titled. <laughs> it's the titular it's a track. Trick question. Yes, that is the titular track of Thriller. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Bad. Madonna released the song "Material Girl" uh, in which year? Didn't we? Didn't you ask that already? You asked "Material Girl." Holy crap! <laughs> We're gonna have to get with this author. I know, Clint Glover. Boo. Okay, wait. No. Wait. It's giving wrong options. We're going to have to find out. Okay, you, so. Oh, a strongly worded letter is coming. So we said 1984, right? Was when Material Girl was released. But the choices for, the choices now are 83, 85, and 87. All right. As I look in my book, Material Girl was 85. I have 84. Oh, no, sorry. Like a Virgin was released in 84. So Material Girl was probably released in 85. Huh. Okay, like a, wait. So Like a Virgin hit number one. Material Girl was stuck at number two. Okay, so Ooh. I'm going to give you credit for both. All right. <laughs> Thanks. So you have nine out of ten. All you right. have an A. All right. Yay. Dave, congratulations. Thank You're you so really very good much. You're really at this. All right. Well, that, that ties up 1983. <sighs> Thanks so much for sticking with us for this uh, this whole year. This was fun. Thank you. Yay, 1983. Yes. Fun exercise. Uh, we will go on to 1984, but uh, before we do that, we're going to have a number of episodes. We're going to- Interviews. Got, we've got a few people to talk to, and uh, I think it should be fun. And other topics to cover? Yes. A lot of topics. We'll yeah. figure it out. So stick with us. Thank yeah. you so much for listening. And- Anything you want to hear- let us know, like if a topic from the 80s that we're not covering yeah. or you'd like to have featured, let us know. You can reach out to us. Where can you reach out to us? You can reach out to us. You can tweet us at WDDIM Podcast. You can find us on Instagram. You can check out our website. In fact, you should check out our website, WDDIMPodcast.com. And sign up for our newsletter, which will be coming out in April. Yep. And just we'd like to know. And for those of you asking for an episode on hair bands... It's coming. Excellent. <laughs> I can't wait. That sounds exciting. Can you really not wait? I can't 
I literally can't wait. <laughs> All right, I well, will wait. I will literally wait. Well, because I know, you know. I'll stay here in the studio. Let me know when it's okay, coming. I'll be back. Okay. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.